0: Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Sweet Paul podcast, Chasing the Sweet Things in Life, episode 19. Yes, take two. Take two. So, so, okay, this is what happened. We did earlier today a Instagram live taping of the podcast. Mm -hmm. And what I realized after I said... Okay, we're gonna take a little break after the first segment was that I actually never Hit pressed record. the button. Yeah. The record button. Yeah. So we're retaping this. So we're retaping this. So uh, we're sorry about that. So the two next segments that's that's gonna come was from our live our live studio audience. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, yes, this is yeah. So, this is take two.
1: Yeah, because we're trying to do more interesting things since we're quarantined, and clearly we can't do two things at one time because no, it's hard for me to press two
0: buttons. Yes. (laughs) So, here we are again. Where again are we coming to you from our house arrest? Yes, (laughs) Palm Springs,
1: our universal house arrest. Hope everyone's doing well staying sane
0: you know every day is like we try to do something yesterday was grocery shopping today our huge outing is the post office
1: (laughs) yeah so glamorous
0: so glamorous i'm just trying not to touch anything i'm gonna try to go for a long walk
1: today like a fast okay long walk so we'll see how that goes every time i go outside i feel like i'm looking around for zombies
0: I know it's it's a little. What's the word?
1: Post post apocalyptic. Yes,
0: it, uh, yes. Apo-
1: apocalyptic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it actually is. Anyway. But you know, we're trying to stay. <sighs> we're trying to stay active, creative. Yeah, have to do something. I set up a little studio in the garage. I can do some ceramics, and yeah, James is working on some projects. And there's you know, we're trying. We're trying. Yes. So. What is this episode called? Starting Sweet Paul Magazine. That's what it's going to
1: be called. Well, do you have like a... literally like well, Starting Sweet Paul well, Magazine? Well,
0: so, what do you well, well,
1: to, well, to be determined. But um, yes, this is the episode I've been waiting for. Mm-hmm. This is where we talk about when you actually started Sweet Paul yeah.
0: Magazine. Yeah. So, as I said in the last episode, that working for all these American magazines, starting to become kind of boring i felt like no one wanted to do anything fun everything was so controlled and you know i talked about the magazine shoot i had where the editor-in-chief had made like chocolate cake a halloween chocolate cake with you know that tombstone cake with the you know used chocolate cookies as dirt mm-hmm. and the comment back was that it looked too expensive because there was too much dirt i kind of lost it yeah and told everyone that I'm done I'm over I'm over it officially. I didn't stop right away, but that day I went back to my ex and I said, "I think I want to start my own magazine mm-hmm. And that idea had always been there in the back of my head, but you yeah. know if your last name isn't Hearst or Rockefeller or you know yeah. something it's you know it's, it's hard to do, expensive, it's very doubt. expensive but the first online magazine had just launched which was called Lomé. It yeah. was like Home Decor magazine. And I thought, "Oh, I can I can kind of do that."
1: Yeah. So had you already started Sweet paws a blog
0: at that point? Yes, yeah, so I've had the blog for like 3 or 4 years. Mm-hmm. That was actually one of the first thing I did when I moved to America that yeah. I because my agent said to me, "Okay, you kind of need a website where people can see your work." Yeah. And I, I had my, my friend, Janne, back in Norway, she had a blog. She got comments and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I want comments and stuff. Yeah. So I said to my agent, can I start a blog instead of a website mm-hmm. and make it kind of like more personal? Yeah. And she was like, yeah, that's a great idea. So that's how the blog started. Cool. So a Instead shout- of like a, just a traditional portfolio. Yeah, 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 yeah. So shout out to Miss in Norway. Stay safe. Norway is badly hit too. The whole world. I know, I know. Yeah, so, you know, I started a blog and called it Sweet Paul because of, you know, my, I, I was thinking about, oh, what am I going to call it? And then I was like, oh, yeah. They used to call me Sweet Paul when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's perfect. perfect. And I can remember the first time I got a comment from someone. That was not a family member or a friend. Yeah. I was so excited. What did they say? I, I, like I kind this of, is they, they were or said something. some. Yeah, they said something positive. I've made it. Yeah, and then one of the first, one of the big design blogs in Sweden reposted a picture of mine, yeah. and I got so many new followers and so much comments. And and back then it was people were very engaged online. Yeah, because it was with blogs. it was the
1: start of digital media yeah Yeah. exactly
0: yeah so you know a post could get like 100 comments it was like crazy yeah today you're happy lucky if you get like five yeah and another thing i did was that i started a blog and then i sent out like a press release (laughs) to all the other blogs yeah like the big ones and saying that you know this is what i do i'm here i started the blog blah blah and some posted about it and some were like well do if you're here in three months i'll do something yeah yeah and she did it was grace bunny from design sponge so i had the blog and then my frustration with all oh, working kind of just grew and grew and i was thinking i i really want to have my own thing where no one can tell me like oh i don't like blue plates yeah because, you know, I, for example, working for Good Housekeeping, you had to go, you had to schlep all your props up to their office. No, you had to get them edited before you even did the shoot. Mm-hmm. You had to schlep, no. yeah, you had to schlep the props up, set them all up in a conference room. And then the editor-in-chief would come in and be like, yes, yes, no, 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 yes, yes, yes. I don't like that. I mean, it was just like oh, insane. my God. I That's know. insane. I know, I know. You would think she had something better to do than to pick up plates. It's just so inefficient to bring very, a bunch of stuff to the office. Very. Like
1: the props. It's not even like... And you know what it felt like? It felt like they never actually trusted
0: you well, to do your job.
1: Well, exactly. Yeah. It's not that. It's their way to like assert their power. They don't want to... It's like make themselves
0: necessary, even no, though they they're could, not necessary. There could be 10 people in those meetings picking like... I know, I know, I know. So I just wanted to have something that was mine, that no one could tell me, like, you can't do that. Of course. Okay, so the first thing I did, I was like, okay, I'm going to do a magazine. Let's say it's 80 pages. So I made like a mock-up. I just folded paper, you know, in half and Mm -hmm. wrote what it was going to be. And then when I had worked on that for a while and was happy, I started talking to all my friends who were photographers and stylists and stuff. And said that, you know, I really want to start an online magazine. There's absolutely no money in it because I'm not going to sell any ads. Do you want to do something? Mm -hmm. Either with me or, you know, by yourself. And everyone except one person said yes. Amazing. Yeah. He's now on the shit list. (laughs) Oh, yeah, the one. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, I managed to, in like three, four months, had enough material. So, the first issue came out online and kind of turn into like a thing really fast yeah i i decided i'm do it, gonna do it quarterly i'm gonna follow the seasons so three months later you know the second issue came out i think the first one was summer it had a peeled blood orange on the cover it was super simple hmm. yeah it was very pretty and so people were able to download it yeah so it was just online yeah yeah, people could download it. I can't remember the site I hosted it through, but yeah, you download it and read it like a magazine but on your computer. Yeah. And I got a lot of great feedback and yeah, it was very exciting and it felt so like liberating to of course be able to do something that was just mine and also, you know, the other people I worked with, the photographers and the stylists and everything, they yeah, they were just excited because all I said to them was like, Oh, do you want to do something for the magazine? I have six or I have eight pages that I need to fill. Just make something really pretty. And that was also the thing I said to the woman that designed the first issues. I remember I had a meeting with her at the Starbucks and she asked me, Do you have any like what do you want me to do, Luna, do you have any tears or anything you can show me and I just said I just wanted to look as beautiful as possible and she said she never had a client who ever said that Yeah, that's kind of amazing okay we're going to take a little break and then we are going to talk about how I started printing So we did transition into print, and the way we did that was I was happy with it being online. And of course, I thought about that. I was like, oh, it would be great if it was in print, but you yeah. know, that's just too expensive. Yeah. And I was in my old apartment in Brooklyn. I was in the bathtub, and I had my phone, and I was checking emails in the bathtub. And there was an email from someone at Anthropology who said that they wanted to sell the magazine and i remember i wrote back and i was like oh thank you so much that's so nice of you but you know it's online only only so but how we like that's thank you but i don't think that's possible and the girl wrote back and she was like no no we really want you to print this and we'll order this and this amount of stuff and we can help you find a printer and we can do all these things for you so I mean, we would eventually have started printing, but that's the reason why we started printing so early. Yeah. So, after a year and a half, the first printed issue came. After a year and a half. So, it took a year and a half. Yeah, yeah. So, they
1: guaranteed a certain order, Mm -hmm. which meant you knew how much money you could work with. Yes, yes. And then, wow, that's, that's amazing. I know. It's
0: kind of like a best case scenario and yet a little bit risky too. No, of course it was, but I was thinking. Well, anthropology is such an amazing match. Yes, for the mag- like. Yes. that's that's kind of it was wise. actually. Yeah, that's always kind of when when people ask me. So, who is the reader of Sweet Paul? I would always say it's kind of the anthropology woman, girl. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah,
1: the terrain woman, the anthropology.
0: Yeah, girl, yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. the sort of interested in. In food and craft and lifestyle and you know, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, so that was kind of the person I was I was thinking about. Yeah.
1: And did you start with back issues or no. did you No. Did you have a target issue that was gonna be the first printed one?
0: I think they said if we can have it in three months, that would be great.
1: But it so, took a year and a half.
0: Meaning No, it took a year and a half from from the first online issue came out. It took a year and a oh. half until we started printing. Oh, no. So, y- this
1: deal happened quickly in yeah. three months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the following issue was mm-hmm. in print.
0: Mm-hmm. Was it like fall or spring? I can't remember. I think it actually was summer. Yeah, yeah. And of course, I mean, I would go like every anthropology I would go past. I would like walk in and I would like, oh, where is it? Where is it? Yeah. And if I couldn't see it, I would ask for it and I would... I would move it around. Of course, I mean, if it was when like- we first met, I did that too.
1: Mm-hmm. Like I was in anthropology and somewhere in California when I was visiting my family, and I was like snooping around, and I moved it. Yeah,
0: yeah, I remember especially one was always one store in New York City that would always give it a really bad spot. Yeah, and I don't know why. That, but- that's that's the
1: problem with most because you know if they're not instructed to make certain things a priority then they'll just be like because they might just be like what is this it's
0: like well the company fronted basically yeah no i know i know but whenever i walked into this store the magazine was always on um, like a bottom shelf somewhere yeah. always yeah it should be at the register and i would was always i was always moving it so someone at that anthropology didn't like me yeah <laughs> an enemy of of sweet <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> no, no but it was, it was whenever I walked in, yeah. it was always on a shelf, like a bottom shelf That's somewhere. That's so funny. <laughs> That's the struggle, yeah. And I would move it every time. It was the same when we sold at Barnes & Noble. I would always, oh, I, would, yeah, for I sure. would always move it. To the front, yeah, and to know, the front shelf. Yes, yeah. I know they don't like that, but I always do. Yeah, yeah, totally. Always. That's funny. So after I started printing, I was like, okay. And my first designer, she couldn't do it anymore because she got another job. And then I got another designer and she only did two issues. And then she was like, I can't do this anymore because it takes up too much amount of time. Yeah. So, again, I posted on Facebook that I need a designer. Yeah. And by that time, you know, most people in the biz knew about Sweet Paul magazine. Yeah. I got almost 200 applications. Are you serious? To be a designer. And I was like, how am I going to look through like 200? Like, it's not going to happen. Yeah. So, do you know what I did? I picked the one that was most insistent. Oh, yeah, yeah. That yeah. really wanted it. That was Jolene in Chicago.
1: Yes. And let me say this in terms of persistence mm-hmm. I love persistence. And in my job in curating markets with makers, mm. there might be someone who I think maybe has a room to grow. Mm. But if they're persistent, mm. I love it. Yeah. And I'll always be like, okay,
0: yeah, I come th- on in. Yeah, I like, th- I, I love persistence. I think she wrote four emails. Saying like, I really, really want this. I think we can work really well together. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I looked up, you know, and I looked up uh, her work and I was like, oh yeah, this is great. I think this can really work. And she's still designing the magazine. Yeah, I love it. And Nelly, who is in St. Louis. Yes. It's so funny these days because, you know, to run something like this, you don't need an office. And people Even are- more
1: so now, 10 years later. Yeah, like, yeah. hello, everyone's working from home right now. Yeah. I hope it actually changes the culture of America where people are realizing, oh, why commute for two hours when you can get just as much work done mm.
0: from home? Or maybe more. More work done from home. Because you don't have to be in, like, endless meetings about nothing. Exactly. Like, all the busy
1: BS work of, like, Like, no, just like do the tasks, Mm -hmm. get your job done, live your life. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. so. Okay. So I have a question. So when you started doing the blog Mm. version, Mm -hmm. what was the first piece of revenue that you generated from doing Sweet Paul? From the blog? yeah did any income come from the blog or was it until the magazine i don't
0: think so oh really yeah okay
1: so once you started doing the magazine because what happened was that you didn't do any ads on your blog or
0: anything or any brand partnerships or anything as a blog no i remember that it started when i sort of dwindled down the blog it started like you got all those emails about if you post about this, we'll give you like $50 or something. That started them. But no, when I was doing it, no, it wasn't really. Yeah. So did you sell ads for the first issue? No. The first three issues were adless. Yeah. There was no ads. Yeah. And then I was thinking, okay, I need to like, you know, because I didn't make any money of it whatsoever. Yeah. The buy from Anthropology was just sort of paying for. That was just paying for the print. Yeah. 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 And everyone who worked on it did it because they wanted to. Yeah, of course. You know, because yeah. it was also for them.
1: To have their work in a tangible thing. And
0: Yeah, and also beca- to- because because it was creative. And I, yeah. you know, if you were a stylist and you said, okay, I have a photographer. We want to do this and this. I talked to other magazines. They think it's too crazy. Would you, would you want it? And I was like, yes, I'll print it.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: So they were happy that there was some somewhere that yeah was their work a was more, yeah.
1: landing yeah for sure yeah
0: and it was in anthropology I mean it, that's relevant yes. yeah yeah my ex said to me that oh I know this guy his name is also Paul he's kind of like you like crafty and stuff you should meet him and I remember Otis knew Paul no oh sorry yeah,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> sorry to bring up exes. Mm-hmm. He said, "He said you guys are kind of similar. You should yeah. meet him." Yeah. So I remember we met at I think Building Unbound for a coffee.
1: Oh my gosh, so funny!
0: And yeah, we talked and we hit it off. And I remember I was planning like this, like embroidery story. Yeah. But I wasn't very good at embroidering, so I was like, "Oh, can you embroider?" And he was like, "Yeah, okay, can you do this and this and this craft projects for me?" And he was like, "Yeah." I can totally do that. So that's kind of how that started. And then I would be like, oh, do you know how to do this? Do you know how to do that? Do you know how to sell ads? Do you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, so it kind of, t- yes. Yeah, so I mean, just like grew into, it just grew into. So now he's our ad person and, you know, online sales and all that stuff. Yeah. And he put all the partnerships and together for you. He put partnerships yeah. together and all that stuff. It's it's awesome. So, you know, I'm not I'm not doing this by myself. Yes. It's, so how long in did, Paul Vital joining. you? He joined me right after I started the Anthropology. Okay. Yeah. So it's him, it's Jolene, who's a designer, and Nelly, who's her co-designer. And then we have Lee, who's in Brooklyn, who's our copy editor, mm. and moi. And you, yes, and then all the contributors <clears throat> from around the world, the That's, photographers. Yeah. we have people working. We have Vicky, who is in australia mm-hmm. dietlin is in germany mm-hmm. luva and susan is in stockholm sweden mm-hmm. we have yeah sorry i can't remember all the names but there's things. also all the people
1: of... along the way like oh, even yeah. our friend john here who creates cocktail recipes for you mm-hmm. and you know it's like there's always you meet and oh yeah friends yeah, yeah, start yeah. doing things absolutely
0: and... so the spring issue that's actually being sent out next this i think this week I went to a party, and our friend Joe had made this really beautiful flatbread. So I asked him, can you create the flatbread for our readers? Mm-hmm. And it came up with this really amazing roasted pepper, cherry, chutney. I think it's feta cheese or chevre. Yum. Um, flatbread, yes. Yeah, really this good. is Joe, right? This is Joe. Hey, Joe. Hey, Joe. Yeah, photograph photographed that, and that's actually on our cover.
1: It's on the cover. It's Wait, on the cover. I didn't know that that's his recipe? Yeah. <gasps> Does he know? Yeah, of course he knows. Oh, I didn't okay, know this. Well, well,
0: here's the thing: you don't always pay attention, baby. Did you say that Can to I me? Talk to you? Yes. Oh, you told me. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> it's
1: not that I don't pay attention. Oh no, I don't pay attention. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, thank you. The reality is, is you have to get my attention before you say something. You can't just assume I'm listening
0: because I'm usually not.
1: Okay, let's take another break. Okay. Right? Or we don't? Are you done with that?
0: Well, the only thing I want to say, well, we, I'm sure we're going to talk more about it. But people often ask me, "How do we get the magazine?" Mm-hmm. And these days, the best way to get it is to have a subscription. Yeah, and you know, we sell. If you buy one magazine, it's sixteen dollars. Mm-hmm. So if you go to the stores and stuff, it's sixteen dollars. But if you have a subscription, the magazine is ten dollars. Yeah, and what we do, we don't sell yearly subscriptions we sell an online and an ongoing subscription yeah it's like which, a subscription to anything else like yeah. each
1: quarter each season you get charged 10 bucks yeah. and the magazine comes yes. to you
0: and that goes on until you just tell us that you know i don't want it anymore yeah which is unheard of by the
1: way yeah and again these magazines are beautifully printed yeah responsibly printed and it's something you keep and reference forever. It's not like a cheaply printed monthly magazine from the grocery store that you just throw
0: out. No, I hope people keep them. Of course. That's what they're for. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, we can stop there. Cool. We'll take a break. Okay. We'll take a break and see if we have any questions from you guys. And we are back. We are back for this. what's up, sweet Paul. What's up, sweet Paul? That's our um That's him. <laughs> that, that's our question time. Yes. Yes. Okay.
1: First question. Mm-hmm. Let's do a couple of online ones. Okay. Lisa. Lisa in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Has a ceramics. Lisa Inez. Mm-hmm. Hi, Lisa she's that fabulous girl that makes the flannels
0: oh my god yes hey lisa hi lisa i still have your shirt
1: yeah we both have them okay she has a ceramics question Mm. where do you find inspiration for your designs and is the way the finish is a little like frosting intentional okay i say that all the time some of his little ceramic dishes look like Delicious frosted cookies,
0: I know, and at every market there's always at least one who says who that. says that yeah. yeah, always the inspiration the inspiration comes from kind of what I can do i'm not the most you know i haven't done it that long and i'm most not the most like i mean there's certain things I can do, yeah, so what I do is hand building which means i roll out the clay and then i you know cut it out and shape it like that i don't do the wheel and stuff because that's too messy for me i can't deal with all the mess yeah so the the designs is kind of based on on my technical ability of what i can do yeah but of course it's also i like things to be very simple i don't like like too many patterns and colors and stuff like that i like white and, and blue Love blue yeah i just started working on with this like pinkish color that i'm kind of into i made like a few dishes and they sold right away so you know that's encouraging yes wait did i start this no i didn't start it again Uh, no i did yes i did i think i did
1: oh my gosh i blame corona no it's just we're trying to film it and record it at the same time is clearly too much for us yeah (laughs) okay (laughs) so okay so but, the, but yes. the, yeah, the
0: inspiration is it's very, informed
1: by your where you're at in your dexterity and your Yeah. Y- yeah. yeah. Uh, but I think that's also that's okay. That's the way uh, totally like you know, having parameters is often the most liberating because you're not trying to do too much. It's like let it evolve organically
0: and let it be intuitive. Absolutely. And you know, I like very simple I like simple shapes, simple colors. It's kind of based On my Scandinavian heritage, mixed with like kind of like Asian influences, my ceramics are kind of like simple and a little bit minimalistic. And sometimes I do try to like do other things and go bigger and stuff. And if it doesn't work, I get very frustrated.
1: Oh. Yeah. I get like, ah. Yeah. Fuck this. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. And the frosting isn't intentional, but it. You know what it is? It's because of some of the shapes that I do yeah. actually do look a little bit like cookies. Well, the, he also uses things that are like
1: vintage cookie molds or yeah. or salt molds yeah. or or pastry tins and stuff like
0: that. So, yeah.
1: as it comes together, it, they it look like delicious look... confections that you want to yeah. eat. Yeah. yeah.
0: They do. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can try to eat it. I... No, no, no. No, no. <laughs> it is food safe, but don't <laughs> Yeah, no. Don't no, try to chew no, it. No. no. Okay,
1: okay, next question is from Adam Hi, Adam, Hi, Adam Adam in Asbury Park. So do you have a twenty second song for hand washing? <laughs> Personally, mine is Mama Mia by Abba, in a world where there was toilet in a world when there was toilet paper. What's the most creative way you've used toilet paper in a craft? That's actually a really
0: good question. Most people don't. Most people sing like "Happy Birthday." Or it's supposed to, you should. If you sing a whole verse of "Happy Birthday," I think that's that's twenty, 20 seconds.
1: seconds. No, I don't have a. You don't sing a song. Do you, you? don't count or anything, do you? You just.
0: No, I try to. So I use soap, and I try to use a hot hot water as I possibly can. I kind of wing it.
1: Yeah. Totally. Maybe
0: I should come up. Like, if anyone has a good hand washing song. Yeah. That would be really good.
1: Yeah. For sure.
0: Now, crafting with toilet paper, rolls, right? Yeah. If you, the rolls. Since everyone's in- going to have tons of them left over, hopefully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the rolls inside you can definitely use for different things. We have, oh, yeah, this is a good time to talk about. So, our Sweet Paul Magazine Instagram. I have asked. A lot of my crafty friends to mm-hmm. make little craft videos for us that we are now posting we're posting two a day and we have a bunch ready to post because i know a lot of you have kids at home and you need to keep them active and even know, just for yourself yeah like, i mean you know you simple fun little things to do i mean what else are we gonna do I you mean, know we can't eat all day and nap all day so yep. we have to try to stay active and one of the craft projects there, these little frogs, they actually used the inside of the toilet paper.
1: Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The one from Foundry. Foundry
0: 42. Yes. Yes. So. You make frogs from toilet paper rolls. And, you know, more, more will come. There is an Instagram page called Advanced Style, which is about older people that has like great style. It's a documentary made a bit. Yeah. There is a woman there that makes, she makes bracelets out of toilet paper, the inside of toilet paper. Oh, my god! Yeah, she just, you know, she advanced cuts it to size. Style. Advanced style. Is that
1: their, Insta- their yeah. Instagram's advanced yeah. style?
0: If you haven't seen that page, you need to look at it and you're going to be like, oh, I'm going to be fabulous when I'm old. Okay. But yeah, she, uses, she makes bracelets out of I love it. Inside the inside of toilet paper
1: rolls. Did she paint them and stuff? Mm-hmm. That should be. You should do. That you should do that for your video. I can. Yeah, yeah. that'd be fun to make fabulous like
0: <laughs> cuffs. Cuffs. Yeah, do high more, fashion. They're more cuffs than bracelets. Well, cuffs. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That would be really Absolutely. fun to do. Okay. Okay. We just, we just need some paint. Oh yeah. We don't have. Okay. Any. Yeah. Okay.
1: Next question, Anna from L.A. Hey, guys, I know you don't have kids unless there's something you wanted to tell us all. Well, maybe in nine months, sweetie. <laughs> How would you have dealt with kids now? Oh, my gosh. Would you tell them the truth on what's going on? I'm just so conflicted about this.
0: I actually thought about this. I would tell them the truth. I think, I think it's good for kids to actually, because to they will they will find out anyway. There's no way kids now wouldn't find out. Yeah. Okay. Let's start with what we would do.
1: I don't know. What, I mean, we have two French bulldogs that are enough of a handful. So having kids where you can't just like put them outside and shut the door. <laughs> I just don't. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's no, just yeah. like, I I mean, I uh, yeah, I wish you all the best of luck because it must be very difficult to be cooped up with kids because i mean you know because they have so much energy
0: and they need lots of attention and my goodness that's why i started the whole video thing because i knew that this was going to yeah. be you know yeah. a, a thing that you need to keep them active and and try to, to do stuff yeah, them. occupied yeah our frenchies are high maintenance enough so yeah. i i Really, I
1: would always favor telling the truth. But again, obviously, as parents, you would know the language you use to tell the truth is you have your way of doing that. Yeah. And and like, it's not like you're just turning on CNN for them and say, here, listen to the like, no, but you know, you just say, keep it simple and also help them understand that everyone is doing their best together to make sure Mm. as little people get sick as possible
0: and here's the thing you know your own child yes so you know what language and and how to and their threshold for exactly anxiety exactly yeah yeah but i would would, but don't lie to them no don't don't tell them that everything is fine and everything is like hunky dory i would tell them what's going on and why we're doing what we're doing so they understand because they will find out anyway they will find out. There's no way. Because every kid now has like cell phone and iPads and they talk to each other and, you know. Yeah, and they're
1: listening yeah. to you in the other room.
0: Exactly. That's what I did as a kid. I would always. My, hear, yeah, oh I would my gosh. Always. I heard, heard so much stuff. I was not supposed to hear. Yeah. Always. Totally. Okay. Okay. Last question.
1: Max from Kingston. Ooh. Hey, Max and Kingston. I hope you're not snowed in. Regards from your old hometown. Yes. Love the podcast. I just want to say thank you for posting these incredible craft videos for us all. Oh, today's mermaid tea party was so much fun. Yes. 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 That is that really that good. one idea. is Very A plus. Good. Yes. A plus yeah. to Lou and Danny. Danny and Lou. Yes. Cong- I mean. Bravo. As we speak, my kids are working on theirs. Oh, love it. We are going to have a Superman party and a Frozen party. (laughs) (laughs) My question, what are you guys making and crafting now? Thanks again. Oh, I love that. Post a video. We would love to see it and tag us so we can see the Superman party and a Frozen party. I want to know what that entails. Okay, so what are you crafting these days? Nothing. (laughs) No, what... (laughs) You no, know I'm not crafting anything because I'm not a maker, but Adam and I are working on what we can do to support the makers themselves. We've been posting features on all of our Instagram accounts and we're putting together a concept to create content and to tell maker stories that we can continue to post on our social media platforms so that's what i'm working on right now is how to best support all the amazing makers and merchants that we have the pleasure of working with so that's what
0: i'm crafting in my mind we should we should actually say that right now it's super important to support makers and stuff because there's no markets there's nothing going on people don't work if you don't have money saved up i mean you ordering something from someone for, for 20, 20 bucks 30 bucks $50 $50 can actually mean that that person can
1: yeah for, for buy any groceries for anyone right. who has the means to again like paul said buy something from someone mm-hmm. for
0: $50 or less it can be or whatever, less you know
1: like 30 bucks means so much to someone who can't make a living right now And again, the lesson in all of this is that the planet is telling us that we've screwed everything up, okay? So what we need to do, part of our manifesto in our maker's markets is to create a connection with people that are making beautiful things that last forever. Because we need to move away from disposable living if our human race is going to survive. Yeah, so true. So, quit it with the buying things, the wearing things, spending money on things that are just going to go in the garbage the next day. We need to stop that, please, because nature will wipe us out to survive. Okay. Very right. So, again, buying things from people that created them with their hands that are meant to have a lifelong story. That's the direction we need to go in. I agree. Okay.
0: So, okay. What am I, what am I crafting? Well, I set up a little... Frogs s- out of toilet paper rolls and... <laughs> <laughs> I actually set up a ceramic studio in the garage. So I have a table and I got... Before all this sort of went down, I, I brought some bags of clay from the studio and my tools... So I'm making stuff a little bit every day just to like have something to do. I'm going to do maybe some a couple of videos to put on Instagram and then – I have this idea about I'm gonna I have an an old hoodie that I'm gonna do some embroidery on.
1: Oh, how exciting.
0: So so yeah, you know, there's there's, yeah. there's things to do. Yeah. yeah. we're trying to keep busy. I mean yeah. yesterday I was like, okay, the big we went to the grocery store and today That was the big event. That was the big event. And today the big event is going to the post office. Yeah. Our lives like,
1: are so glamorous and exciting yes. in these times. Okay, one more thing, one last thing I wanna say about sustainable living. Mm-hmm is for the people out there that sell vintage whether it's mended laundered resold gorgeous vintage pieces cool vintage stuff or people who repurpose secondhand clothing to turn them into new beautiful pieces of apparel that's also a huge part of this story of sustainability because we don't need more and more manufacturing of disposable clothing. Buying vintage is literally buying something that would – it does not need to be manufactured and is not going into the trash, the trash or buried in the earth somewhere. Buy vintage clothing. <laughs> it's cooler than the, the rest of the clothing that's at Walmart or H&M, and it also takes something out of the ground. Yes, that's it.
0: Hallelujah. Yes. All right. <laughs> okay. Thanks, guys. That's it for this
1: half episode since we didn't record half of it.
0: Well, I don't know if I recorded we'll, the last we'll part see. either. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, no, I think I did. We'll see. All
1: okay. right. We might if have to... Not, re- if
0: not, we'll have to redo it. But we'll redo it without you guys because I don't need a distraction. No. So, if you like our podcast, you can... You know, follow us where all podcasts are played and... You can tag us and like us and comment and all that stuff. So bye, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye.